I'm still sweating. Again, I just went oh. running. Oh. I got. I went running and got in the shower. Got out of the shower. Didn't have any cool down time. Came right down to see you guys. Oh, I hate that. So now I'm all sweaty. Hmm. Was that a chicken? Where did you hear something? I heard a chicken. Was that a chicken? No, it's uh, the same thing. It's Taylor in the background <laughs> yelling at the dogs. <laughs> Oh, I mean, obviously that wasn't a chicken. That's what I meant oh, to say. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> well, the the cleaning lady came at the same exact time as we start, and then the ring doorbell goes off on my phone, and then the one dog hates the other one, so she runs into the room and starts fighting on the other one, and it was like it was like a hand grenade went off about thirty seconds before we started, and everyone's nice. slowly calming down. Yeah, so they're having their cool down time. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's funny. So everything's good. Well, good, good. Well, we're back from missing a week. How are you guys? I'm doing good. I'm good. I'm good. It was like a, a Mexican standoff this morning. All three of us didn't know if we were actually doing this. <laughs> I think we were all we were all at the at the computer hoping nobody would call us. <laughs> uh, I wasn't hoping Aww. that. <laughs> we were like, I hope we missed the email. Uh. Get the whole day off. I'm ready to go. I'd stay in bed until like three. Yeah. I was at, we were at Maker Fair yesterday, and I was talking to Brandon, who edits the show. And he yep. was like, hey, are you guys recording tomorrow? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <I see. laughs> we didn't We didn't talk about that. I was driving home late last night at about 1, 1.30, and, and I'm like, oh, wow, I guess Bob's going home now? I guess. I don't know. Because we, we yeah. saw each other early, late in the day, and then we didn't talk about it. Yeah. So we flew into LaGuardia, which was is right near oh. where Maker Fair is, right? Yeah, so it's like two I'm miles thinking, away. Yeah, I'm like, that's that's easy. We can hang out all day and then just drive right over, hop There's on the plane. There's nothing like easy about back. LaGuardia. <laughs> well, no, the <laughs> thing is, I realized at breakfast yesterday that our departing flight was out of Newark, <gasps> not out of LaGuardia. So that's like an hour drive. Yeah. Wow. That's a bummer. Yeah, so a full day of Maker Fair, an hour drive in a car, two-hour flight, an hour drive from the <laughs> airport to my house. So, yeah. The end of yesterday was long, but... <coughs> Whoa. You all right there? Oh, yeah. Did, did that clip? Did that get clipped? Did you hear that? Oh, yeah, we heard it. Your video went off, and then you coughed, and then your video <laughs> came back. I think you muted the video <laughs> instead of the microphone. Oh, I'm sorry. So I didn't get to see it. That's okay. exactly what it. That's exactly what I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Next time I'll, I'll do it the right way. Did uh, I tell you guys I'm dyslexic? <laughs> David, how's stuff going for you, man? Things are going well. I'm. I never left the house. I didn't get to go to Maker Fair this year, but uh, I'm sure I get to go next year. And. Uh, catching up on on some things i got accepted for that craft show that i was uh, that i applied for oh, cool. so um that's a thing i got to prepare for now there's always a little bit of me that's like maybe i won't get accepted and that'll take a lot of pressure off and i won't have to do all these things that i, I think i'm or that i should do and but i got accepted so now we're going to work on a bunch of little craft show projects things that people can batch out and and try to sell and and as with any of my projects, I always encourage people to make them and, and sell them for profit because this is a really expensive hobby. And um, I, I want people to be able to buy tools and, and materials with it. So I always encourage people to make and sell. So that's what's going on now. I just put out a bandsaw box video a couple of days ago. 
And I'm working on a second part of that, of making bandsaw boxes with the 3D printer, the laser cutter, and the CNC, which I guess technically wouldn't be a bandsaw box at that point. But uh, I just finished <laughs> you up. You call whatever you want. You're the creator. I am the Thanks, That's Jimmy. True. And... Uh, <laughs> So I just turn your comments off. <laughs> so I just finished up the 3D print one and it looks really cool and it came out great. So now we're working on the uh, the laser one next. I'll be doing that as soon as we get off the, the Skype call here. And the laser one I have to do in, in layers and then just stack up the layers. So that's what's going on over here. Right on. That's cool. Well, you were missed at Maker Faire. A lot of people asked about you and we're bummed that you weren't there and so you have to make it to the next one all three of us need to make it to the next one because a few people came up and they were like well i saw you and jimmy at this one and you and david at the last one but i'm yeah. starting to think the three of you are never in the same place at the same time <laughs> well like, like someone said it's like the ceos of like a big bank corporation there's like a like an event that a bad event at least yeah. some, one of us stays alive usually once a That's year right. we're all all together in the same place and yeah, yeah. Making Which, it yeah, brings up a little point. We don't have any specific information about making it 200, but I do think we can say that we're not going to hit 200. I think we can say, like, the idea that has kind of evolved Are into... Yeah, yeah, we're just stopping at 199. <laughs> like, that's the last episode. That's, no, um, we talked about, like, instead of trying to hit a 200 episode for that event, because it's just not, like, schedule-wise, that doesn't really work out. Um, maybe try to do the event in the spring and just have it be a thing that happens every two years or so. And it's just not around a specific number. We'll come up with another name for it or something. What if, I don't know. What if it's what if? making it 201? It's kind of like English 101, uh, English 201. Like we, uh, we're, we're moving up in the ranks. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Making it cool. fest. Making it con. And everyone comes as the trust as their favorite character. <laughs> Everybody's just going to be wear a big belt full of tools and not be able to board yep. a plane. Yep. It's just like uh, 200 Jimmy Duresta's walk into a single building. <laughs> Making a con. <laughs> oh, wow. No, you come dressed as your favorite YouTuber. Doesn't hmm. have to be one of us three. Hmm. But that would be That funny. would be really, that would be super funny. But I think it'd be awesome to have that event, and you know, like we've done in, in well, we did that one time where we had multiple podcasts and stuff. But just create like an event that's that specific. Like Maker Fair is a combination of you know, you walk around, you look at booths, you look at like individual people making stuff, you look at companies showing off what they've made. You've got stages, so it's all these different things. But I think having a thing, an event like that, that's just the stage part of it, like we did in Boston. You know, have a few people come do podcasts live, um, maybe some sort of interactive component to it with everybody that's there or something. But, you know, kind of focus it down to one thing and, and do that every couple of years. I think it'd be cool. Mm -hmm. So we have our city, right? Do we? I think so. Uh, we're super to hesitant to actually say anything. <laughs> Does that mean I don't have to go anywhere? Uh, oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's, do, let's do this. <laughs> Let's, oh boy. <laughs> let's do this. The the plan, the tentative plan that is not set in stone is that we will do this sometime in spring in New York City. That's the plan. <gasps> I know everybody, everybody in Chicago just went, oh, and everybody in Atlanta just went, oh, and everybody in Boston, you know. 
we have a really awesome offer from some people in in New York to do to do it there and have like a great space. They're willing to help out with it and everything. So that's kind of where we're leaning, and we'll try to get that ironed out soon. Um, before next year, how about that? <laughs> that's kind of soon. Awesome. So yeah, we'll get that figured out. But and start so thinking about who you want to dress up as is your favorite YouTuber. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I vote for everybody dressing up like Jimmy. I think that'd be great. Are we gonna yeah, piggyback the sweet. the video class at, on the same trip? Oh, we could do that. That would be that, if you guys. I mean, it's gonna be kind of long. I mean, we could do a weekend and then a couple days. So, yeah, that yeah, would we be could cool. Work that out. That would be cool. Okay, and that would give. I, if I might have heat there. by. Uh, I might have heat by like April or May. Oh, oh, well, that's right good. when I don't need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Well, yeah, that, that'd be a good idea. Then maybe some of the people that go to the video class would also want to go to the event, so make it easier on them, too, to, to do both of those things at one time. Cool. Excellent idea, mm. David. Um, let's see. Well, Jimmy, what have you been doing for the past couple of weeks? Like, I've seen you. I saw you in Louisville. I saw you this past weekend. But what have you been working on? Yeah, I haven't had a, a great chance to get a lot done, unfortunately. Um, but I have a couple of videos in the in the can, so I'm going to start working on the the video for the big slab table. Which this morning I threw all the wood. <laughs> I'm looking at the timeline because it's underneath our video chat. I threw all the clips. It's just all wood. <laughs> it's all clips of wood. I threw that all in the timeline. So I'm going to start working on that video. So hopefully I'll have that out maybe in the next couple of days before this actually goes live. Uh just prepping. I have some Lowe's videos to do, so uh, I had to go and prep for that. So today I'm going to begin working on my first Lowe's video. I have four Lowe's videos to do. Um, trying to think, what I, what did I put out last week? Uh, was it a, not much? I just put a. What's that? I, I, I saw something. Was there a vlog that came out last week? Yeah, I put a vlog out last week, and uh, oh, I've been working a lot on the printing presses. In that vlog, you'll see three or four printing press. Uh, clips and uh, actually Laura came for a couple of days with her girlfriend up here and we worked in the shop me Brett and Laura came up with the idea to, to do a postcard a handed out postcard for the Maker Fair and so uh, we art directed the three of us together and Brett did the final beautiful design of the thing that I laser cut so I'm getting into this idea of laser cutting plates and making quick little plates that I could then turn around and print on the printing press so that's exciting I had some uh I get, had some leaps in my printing press skill set. So that's fun. So now I, I kind of unleashed a, a whole new set of concepts and thoughts. And Go ahead. So what, what were the leaps? Like what was the thing that you added to your skill set there? Testing out laser cutting a few things. Because if you try and laser cut a round type so that the type is positive, you end up burning a lot of it away, especially if you go in small type, like eight, 10 point type. And so with the laser cutting, just like adding a little, like if you add a, uh, a rule around the type and then make it expand it so it stays there. And then when you go to laser cut it, it burns a little bit into it. You know, so just getting, knowing like the finesse of how to laser cut it. Because if you try and just throw vectors right on the laser cutter and cut away the background, you're going to lose some of the typeface. You're going to lose some of the thin line. So that, and then also using the printing press, the actual way it was intended to be used, not not the way Jimmy wants to use it. So you actually get better results when you use it the way it's supposed to be used. So I we ran a whole bunch of posters last week and they came out nice. So usually if I run posters the way I used to do them, which is like spray glue and just randomly throwing it down on the platen, 
I'd lose 10 or 12 prints. They'd get sucked into the machine. And then I'd leave them there because they'd all be crumpled up and half printed. And people would come and they go, can I have that one? So I leave them on the side anyway, just for people to take the, cru- the crushed up ones. But this time we ran 250 prints and not one of them was bad from the very first one to the end. They wow. were all perfect. So that, you know, that was very proud of that. And uh, using hold downs and proper clips and no spray glue and taking clues from some other printer videos that I've watched online. And, and there's a lot of good printers on Instagram that I watch that I'm following. And I have a new drying rack, which I just finally got in from, got it from Cincinnati and a friend of mine in Louisville picked it up for me and shipped it to me. So this drying rack is great. I could do silk screening or I could do printing and I leave all the prints on the drying rack. Me and Brett used to run around the shop and leave prints on every flat surface. And it was a little hectic because I'd be like making prints while Brett's running, trying to find flat space. So we'd stop for a minute and lay plywood on top of plywood on top of plywood with little blocks in between. And now we have this roll around drying rack, which takes up like a four by four foot square footprint. And it's amazing. So that's, uh, it's made life a lot easier. It's made that whole process less stressful. <clears throat> so I'll definitely be printing more now that things are getting easier for me in that regard. And uh, what else? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Just, um, just the hustle, you know, the hustle and then the buildings moving along slowly and the canoe. I've done some good, good progress on the canoe. And hopefully this week, I think I could wrap it at least for structure. Then I'll have to deal with the paint. So, yep, got a lot to do. And then in two weeks from this weekend that just passed, we have the blacksmith class. So we're going to do a lot of running around and preparing to get the blacksmith shop in order. So that's Brett, Brett and I working hard on that. Well, that's a lot, just a lot of, a lot of hustling, you know, from time to time, you got to step back and not make videos and just hustle everything else. So yeah, it's, it's one, well, it's one of those couple of weeks for me. Well, and last week, <clears throat> excuse me, last weekend, before we didn't record last week, you were in Louisville and oh, yeah, so that's right. we met down first there build. The, yeah. So talk about what you were doing down there. Cause I think that was a pretty cool event. I was invited by, uh, uh, uh Tim Gillespie is uh, one of the guys at First Build, and I met him about five years ago at New York Maker Fair, and we've always stayed in touch. And I went to a hackathon that they did in New York over at MakerBot, and then he called me a couple weeks ago and said, hey, do you want to, uh, can you come to Louisville? And so they flew me out. It was the Louisville first, it was, is it the University of Kentucky or the University of Louisville? University of Louisville, but they're not actually, they're like on the campus, but they're not apparently connected to the college officially or something. I'm not sure. Know. Yeah, because yeah. GE sponsors the whole entire Maker Lab. So it's it's on the university campus right there and kind of in the center of town. And there's a big, giant, well-stocked, well-equipped makerspace. They have, that place is crazy. They have like hundreds of thousands of dollar laser cutters, hundreds of thousands of dollar benders, at digital this, digital that, and a lot of practical tools. And it was really great. To, they let me just experiment and I, I wasn't able to play with the computer because I, you know, it would be more of a longer education, but I was passing them vectors of me cutting of the razor blades and stuff like that. And I met Austin and, and a guy named Jody was there. He was amazing teaching me some welding techniques. And I just was hanging out. I was the, the judge for the hackathon. There was about 55 teams and they were doing hack the home, coming up with new inventions for the home. And there were students for the most part, but they, it could have, it was open to anybody that wanted to join. So there were some, uh, you know, regular adults there, not necessarily students, but guys that just have a penchant for programming and designing and developing. And I was one of the judges uh, of the the first build team, and then there was judges for GE, and then there was judges for this other couple of sponsors. So there was like 
10 of us walking around and that took almost five hours. That's why I hardly saw you, Bob. Cause like I, they go, Oh, Jim, can you come in for the judging? And I'm like, Oh great. I'll be right out. And I was like sucked away for five hours, literally going from table to table and listening to a pitch from each one of them. And then we had sat in the judging room and it's difficult. It's really difficult to sit and try and split hairs and decide because they're really looking for ideas that could ter- potentially be developed into real products because then they're going to pull those kids into the team and take those products and potentially develop them. Potentially. It's not, it's not a, it's not a guaranteed thing, but at least the kids will win the money, the prize money to take it, either take that product and go on with it or use the money for whatever they want. And in the downtime, I was playing in the shop with Austin and, and Jody and, and having a lot of fun. And uh, it was great. They have a giant water jet. They have a giant laser. They have a giant press, like a big hydraulic press. Because it's funny, a couple of the tools were vintage. Oh, did you see that vintage old press? That big, it was like a yeah. three by three foot square. It's like a yeah. hundred ton press. It was, he said, oh, this was from the old GE factory. Apparently GE's in Louisville. Everything that's ever mm. in the United States that's a big corporation is in Louisville. <laughs> seems like <laughs> yeah like oh oh fedex was started here oh yeah oh yeah uh, papa john's oh he lives right there oh yeah oh kentucky <laughs> fried chicken lives next door to papa john's <laughs> like, oh yeah oh yeah ups he started right there that's the ups that's where he started wrapping packages right there mr ups yep that's where he lived <laughs> mr ups every it's am i right or am i right every giant oh, yeah. corporation has something to do with louisville and of course i didn't know and ge has something to do with louisville I'm like oh yeah mr ge started right here in louisville it's not right there. That's the biggest factory for GE right there. Oh, yeah. My car is made in Louisville. My Chevy, you open the door, it says made in Kentucky, in Louisville, Kentucky. Yep. It's, it's pretty amazing. So it was, it, was a, <clears throat> it was a great trip, and it was coupled with Sunday Maker Fair. And that's where you came. You came to the Maker Fair. Yeah, and the, it was a mini Maker Fair, and it was definitely one of the more mini of the mini <laughs> Maker Fairs. It was very small. It was a mini. Yeah. yeah, but it was cool. It was wrapped around the outside of that building. And so, you know, people that got to come, they, they couldn't really come into where you guys were judging and they, everybody was working. It was a separated space, but you could walk in and see it. And then um, that guy, Austin, who was super cool, came and found me and, and gave me kind of behind the scenes tour of that shop. And it's unbelievable. Just the stuff in there is just crazy. And it's open to like, as long as you go in and prove that you know how to use those things, you can go in and, and pay for the time on the machines and just use them. There's no like fee like to join it or anything. That was my understanding. It was a really, really cool place. And I'd, I had no idea that that existed. I know that there's a few maker spaces in Louisville. There's another one that we had a meetup at called Maker 13. Uh, it's actually not in Louisville. It's right over the river in Indiana. But I had no idea that those spaces were there and that the capability was there. But now that yeah. we've made connections with those people, like I know that if I need to powder coat you know, something that's like four, six feet long, I can go up there and have it done. Yeah. And so just having, knowing that there's more capability outside of my own shop within reach is you really, have really like, awesome. They have a water jet. You can cut like eight inches of steel on that water jet, maybe six yeah. inches of steel thick on that water jet. Yeah. And, and that laser cuts up like, I think up to two inches thick steel. The yeah. one that I made the little Crazy. razor blade jokey things on. Yeah. Crazy. And they had full wood shop, you know, normal woodworking tools, but then all of those machining tools, like big, crazy, like five axis CNC milling blob. I'm just like stuff. I didn't really know what it was. Like, I don't know yeah, why you would use a, that, a but Tormac, man, it looks really cool. A Tormac uh, lathe and yeah. a, you know, big Tormac machine. And uh, it was funny. He goes, uh, I made 
He's like, hey, what do you want to make? And I'm like, oh, I want to cut something with that laser. I'm like, oh, let me make all the other razor blades I wanted to make. So I quickly made the vectors on my computer and I, I handed him over and he's like, oh, well, let's look in the dumpster. Let's see. So I went to the dumpster and there's like, it's like full of stainless steel and all kinds of crazy metal. He's like, oh yeah, we recycle all this. But just in the dumpster is like a year's worth of supply for any one of us, you know, one more. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. So we pulled a piece of, uh, you know, 10 gauge stainless steel out and cut a razor blade out of it. Oh yeah, that's cool. So there's yeah. a lot of resources there. And then, and then the people at Maker 13 had a, hosted a little meetup. So we went up there after for that evening and met a bunch of local people. And it was really cool because a bunch of the people that came had no idea that that place was there. And some of them were within yeah. walking distance of it. So <laughs> yeah, right. that was pretty cool that, you know, they realized that now there's capability right next door to them. And so while this is, I thought this was really cool. There's a guy named Devin at that meetup. Um, we're standing around talking. You were talking to somebody and I was photobombing one of your pictures that you were taking. I don't know if you caught that or not, but I was photobombing you. And this guy um, goes, starts talking to me. He's like, hey, did Jimmy ever get you that lathe or, or that um, the bridge port that you guys were talking about? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm like, no, we were talking about it earlier. Jimmy said they were going to charge him a bunch of money for it. Just really wasn't worth it, you know, to get it there and then here and whatever. And he's like, okay, well, I live like about two hours away the place that I work is in this warehouse with this other company that does machining and they've got a bridge port they want to get rid of for like a very small amount of money. And I'm like, really? So it was really awesome talking to him. He totally thought about, you know, that desire of mine to have that. And, um, so he's checking with him to see if we can get it. And then he, he's a machinist. So he walked me through the machine that was there. Uh, they had a, a jet. And so he was talking me through, all of the different parts and what they did just to give me kind of an overview. And he offered to come whenever, if I can get that other one, come help me set it up. And, you know, he's, he knows all the stuff. And so having somebody that actually knows exactly what they're talking about within reach again, is super cool. So maybe That's getting great. a Bridgeport, maybe. And I already made room for it in the shop just in case <laughs> move some stuff around last week. Laura we just moved. got one too. So yeah, that's awesome. see more of them on YouTube. Yeah. So I'm yeah. excited about that. Um, but it, it was a really cool trip <clears throat> to Louisville and meeting lots of new people and seeing those spaces. And then we were in... Uh, oh, I didn't talk about what I've been doing. I'm really proud of this. You guys are not nerdy enough to probably think it's cool. That's fine. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> last week I put out a video about making this boom box, like a Bluetooth boom box that looks like a transformer yeah. that's a tape recorder. And it's a little, the toy will fit in your hand. And I made this thing like the size of an actual boom box. I had that and, toy. Um, do you really? I don't have it. I had that toy as a kid. Oh, wow. That's cool. Right on. So maybe you are nerdier than I thought you were. Just kidding. I was, um, but I was yeah. going to interrupt. You were into GoBots, go. though. <laughs> Didn't we talk about that? Were you the one that was into GoBots? No, uh, I had GoBots. Um, I, I don't want to interrupt your story i had GoBots. i had both transformers and GoBots. i think uh mm. the GoBots were the were the cheaper ones i think a while back i was trying to stir up some conversation on twitter uh by saying you know GoBots are greater than transformers but <laughs> <laughs> sorry go ahead gotcha. only oh, only the nerds would care about that conversation um <laughs> anyway so i took this this toy that i had and I, it was a good excuse to scale it up and try to, you know, make it bigger. And it was it was kind of a cool 
experiment in taking something small, taking photo reference of it, and then you, in Fusion, which I totally didn't have to use Fusion. I just did it out of habit. Um, but basically, I took a front, flat front picture of it and then traced the vectors, uh, the details that were important enough to make it look like the thing, and then used the CNC to cut those into a piece of MDF. And it was really interesting. I, I, Josh and I were talking about this last night. So... I was super hesitant to use the CNC because I haven't a whole lot. And it just made the most sense to cut out all these details on the front of this thing. It's a, a lot of lines that were the same depth, the same width, you know. And so it was a good tool for that particular job. But I'm always hesitant because I'm just afraid people are going to get their feathers ruffled because they don't have a CNC, you know. And so I always, when I do use it, or the laser or whatever, I try to also talk about alternatives you know say you could do this whole thing out of foam with a knife or you could cut the pieces out and glue them onto a solid backer or you know try to give some options to try to curb some of that response of like oh well i can't do that because i don't have thing right so we were talking last night this video went up it's done pretty well people have enjoyed it um and as far as i can remember i haven't seen a single negative comment about the cnc and the thing, I think that's really cool uh, for a couple of reasons. One, maybe I did a good enough job of talking about alternatives that were that people could see like, oh, well, yeah, I could do that instead. But I also wonder if maybe the tide is beginning to shift a little bit. Yeah, it's oh. becoming more people, people accepting these tools maybe a little bit more yeah. or accepting the fact that like that's just because I don't have access to it, it's not bad, right? I, have you seen that as you guys have been using more digital stuff yeah, over the I, last? I, yeah, bit? absolutely. Yeah, totally. I don't see too much negative stuff about that. Really? For mm. I have not done a CNC project or a laser project in a long time. Mine is usually kind of like it adds a little bit of uh, design to the to the element, but it's not a it's not a critical piece. So uh, I don't think I can really comment on that. Yeah, I mean, I don't do, this is the only one I've done in a long time, so I could be way off base, but it, it really did kind of catch me off guard. You know, I put my shields up thinking like, okay, here it comes. I got it a CNC project and it, I didn't get the, the, you know, negative feedback. Although in the past, oddly enough, I have done few, a few things where I've had comments to say, why didn't you use the CNC for that? Like it would have been faster and easier. And I'm like, huh. Oh, yeah. That's that's interesting. And like, not in, in a negative way. They were just curious why I chose to not use the CNC. And I think a lot of times, like, I will default to not using those tools for the sake of it being accessible to people. And so I try to only use them when it's really the best or the only way to, to accomplish something. And in this case, it was. It saved a huge amount of time to use it versus trying to cut all these pieces by hand and stuff. But anyway, that was a fun project. Um... And because we traveled to New York this weekend, I have started on the next project, but it won't be done for this week. So we may put out a video about Maker Faire because we tried to shoot a bunch of stuff and shoot some Q&A while I haven't done a Q&A in a really long time. So we tried to get questions from people there. We got some from uh, YouTube and, and we're going to try to do like a combo video of Maker Faire like what all happened, what all was there, and Q&A to try to make it interesting. If that works. And if it doesn't work, then we won't put it out. But anyway, so we were in New York at Maker Faire, and I thought, I don't, what did you, what did you think, Jimmy? I thought this one was 
Well, wait, you weren't there last year at, in New York, were you? No, I, did, I was in NBC. Oh. Yeah, I was at the NBC. Okay, well. This, was this know. one smaller, bigger, better, little, or well, bigger? Well, I, I feel like I, when last year when we went to New York, I was like, wow, this feels kind of small, like relative to what I expected. It just felt like it wasn't as populated. Uh, it didn't seem like heavy on you know people walking around and stuff. And this year, I felt like it was bigger. I felt like there were a lot more people there. Yeah. It Overall, like size, it's definitely sm- still smaller than Bay Area, but I felt like it was bigger than it was last year. So. Yeah. Well, it's also weather is a big factor, too. You know, like Sunday, mm-hmm. you notice how a little bit diminished it was on Sunday because everyone thought it might rain. And yeah. it did rain at exactly five o'clock at the end of the day. <clears throat> yeah. So I think weather plays a factor because on Saturday you couldn't get anything to eat or drink because the lines are too long. And then yesterday you could walk right up. So mm-hmm. that's somewhat of an indication. But uh, overall, I, I hadn't been to Make a Fair in a while, but I, I, I enjoyed it. It was great. It was it, this time since it's been nearly two years that I've been to the New York Make a Fair, I had a lot more walking around than saying hello to people because. People had a lot more time to catch up on my videos and a lot new, more new fans. So I did spend a lot of time taking selfies. You know, you did too. And and uh, But it was cool. It was very pleasant. It wasn't like when we were in, in England, which I loved. I mean, we had a great time in England. But it wasn't like that, like feet planted, saying hello to somebody, you know, every couple of seconds. This time yeah. it was a little bit more walking around. And if you stopped for a minute, you'd get like four or five people wanting to say hello and take some pictures. And then you'd walk around a little bit and that would keep happening. But it was a lot of fun. And it was a, a lot of chit-chat with fans and uh you know a lot of laughs and you rode the big bicycle and you know what i got that guy john filmed you doing slow motion on the giant bicycle and then i filmed his screen of you doing slow motion i was running over to get you (laughs) and you had hopped off the bike by the time i got my camera out and then john goes oh look at this and then i filmed his screen of you going really slow like yeah so i'm gonna have that for the vlog nice yeah no it was it was good it was a lot of camaraderie and and then we had that that hangout uh, MJ put together that hangout inside of the Mets stadium. It was like in this beer hall in Mets stadium. And that was a lot of fun too. It was a good, really good hangout. Yeah. A lot of young that was kids. That's, that's encouraging to see a lot of young kids coming up to all of us and saying, really like what you do. And that, you know, you know, we're planting seeds for a new generation of kids to make stuff younger. Yeah. It was interesting there. This was a fault on my part, but like when, when kids come up, I often, just don't expect them to have made a whole lot because they're young, right? So you expect that they like to watch it. Maybe they're beginning to get interested in it, you know, stuff like that. So these two brothers, and I, Brody was one of their names. I don't remember. Guys, if you're listening, I'm sorry. But they came up yep. and they're like, you I know. I those kids. Yeah. They're like signing, you know, I'm signing stuff for them. I'm talking to them. They're super cool. Um, and then we go to, later on to the meetup and they're like, oh, we wanted to show you some of the stuff that we make. And so... I'm talking to them thinking like, oh, they're, you know, starting to make, I don't know, something small. And they're like, well, we wanted to buy, I don't remember, they wanted to buy this thing. And so they decided to start making cutting boards to pay for this thing. Then they made a cutting board business. Then they started selling all this. So they're sewing this like, like full on woodworking and the dad standing in there. He's like, oh yeah, well they run the CNC. So he pulls out the picture of the CNC, giant four by eight, something or other. I don't know what it was in his giant wood shop. And he's like, yeah, I mean, the kids are learning to run the shop by themselves and they have their own business and they <laughs> sell this. And I'm like, wow, like I need to come learn yeah. from you guys. Like it was awesome. <laughs> it was so encouraging. And, you know, you could tell that the parents were very supportive and they were also making sure that these kids could run this stuff on their own. Like they were doing the work themselves um, and they were making money for it. It was really, really cool. I, it caught me off guard in a good way. 
to that same story, a same similar story. A few years ago, Raina, we all know Raina's my, my friend, the violinist, the, the young violinist. Raina's buddy wanted to meet me, so she brought us. She said, can I bring my, my, my buddy Robin to meet you? And so this young boy, he's like, I make knives in my, my basement in my, my house in Brooklyn with a file and a hacksaw. And he showed me a couple of knives he made on his phone. And he's, he was like 14 at the time, maybe even 13. And he's making these little knives and they were, they were, they were really good for a 13 year old. And I saw him at the fair yesterday and he's like a young man now. He's, he's 15 or late, late 15, close to 16. He's like two feet taller than I saw him last. And he showed me a couple of knives he's making and they're incredible. I'm like, dude, it's like Japanese master knives he's making. And his dad was with him. He's like, I got him a grinder. And he's, he goes, he's doing all this stuff. He goes, I don't know what he's doing. He goes, but he's doing a good job, I guess. He goes, I don't know what he's up to. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, he wants it, I buy it from him. He wants a grinder, I get him a grinder. So I was very impressed with his progress. And I, I told him, I go, make sure you follow this guy, make sure you follow this guy, make sure you follow this guy. And uh, so we, it was good to meet up with him again. So yeah, it's amazing, these young kids. And it's, I think it has a lot to do with what we're all doing on YouTube. You know, I see these younger kids like soaking up everybody's videos and then making stuff that's probably more skillful than I ever could have made, you know, especially yeah. at that age, maybe right. ever. And it's honestly, I'm just really proud of what, what we see coming out of the, the really young kids. Yeah. It's very cool. Sure. I, I, I noticed that a few different times yesterday. So over the weekend. Yeah. And there were, I feel like there were probably more kids at this one than at some of the previous ones, or at least that we talked to, that I talked to. And that's always super encouraging. And of course, like there's this tiny little girl, probably five or something. She's like three feet tall. And she walks up and says her name and just gives me a big hug around my waist. <laughs> and I just about melted. She was like, I love watching Aww. your videos. And I was just like, ah. It was super cool. And then, I don't know, not that I, this person ran up and hugged me. And... I was talking to someone else, and so I wasn't looking at where this person was coming from, and came up and hugged me, and I didn't know if I should hug them back, because I didn't know if I knew them or not. And, oh. you know, I was just like, uh, uh, okay, I don't know who you are. And then he backed up, and I didn't know him. And then he gave me another hug. But it was really, really cool. Um, and there were several moments like that where these people, I think, get really used to hanging out with the three of us on the show. And uh, yeah. just like to to see the connection being made with them, and and you know to like hear from them and see from them that our silly conversations, this little hangout time that we have, has some sort of an impact on them. It was that it's just always super super encouraging. So thank you to For the, sure. Did you I, meet? I, the, I can't um, remember his name. His name started with a J, and I can't remember exactly how to say his name. But thank you for the hugs; they were awesome. <laughs> Bob, did you meet the ambulance driver? Uh, yes, I did. Yes. Yeah, we had a little moment. I mean, I, I had yeah. to walk away before he got me choked up, but... Yeah. Thank you. You know yes. who you are. So yeah. it was nice to talk to you. Thank you as well. He said, yeah, he said I, how the show, this show helps him through a lot of difficult times as an ambulance driver. Hmm. Yeah. So. We had a bunch of stuff like that. Um, that was, yeah. Uh, a few people... It, it's just bizarre because I... I get to hang out with two of my friends once a week, right? And we just sit here and we chit-chat and we talk about what we're doing and it's just really informal. Um, I talk to a bunch of people that just really enjoy listening to us and I think it makes 
I don't know. A lot of people are working in their shops by themselves or they do something by themselves. And it, I feel like they're the fourth chair here. You know, they're hanging out with us. So that's really cool. So thank you to everybody yeah. that came out to talk to us and had awesome things to say. Uh, it, it means a lot. So um, Absolutely. To the fair itself, there was some really cool stuff that I had never seen before. Did you see the giant hand? Uh, I've seen the hands... I think I saw it in San Francisco. I know I've seen it somewhere in my life. I mean, I, I don't know if it was at Burning Man 20 years ago. I, I That's the last time I was, the only time I went to Burning Man. But I know I saw it. So I, I must have saw it in San Francisco because that thing is kind of legendary. Yeah. The Hand of Man. It's been around for a while. So that was it's, pretty fun to watch. That was really, really fun. I got to do it at the end of yesterday. It was oh, you did? Cool. Yeah. Just got me into <laughs> it. I saw that so, line. I was like, no way. I'm not getting it's, on the line. It's a giant if anybody that didn't see it, I mean, it's all over social media, but it's a giant hand. It's probably, I don't know, 10 feet from the it's tip huge. of the middle of the finger to maybe, maybe bigger than that. Maybe but more. It's a yeah. Huge hand. Basically, it's a hand on and up to an elbow. So, and then the elbow is fixed to the ground with tons of counterweight and all this stuff. And it's this giant steel thing with hydraulics running through it. Then there's a chair with a little human sized hand holder sleeve thing and you put your hand in this and you have a little ring that goes around each one of your fingers you have a ring that goes around your wrist and there's all these different uh directions that are controlled by this glove thing that you're in and you can control one for pretty much one for one this giant hand and they had these busted up cars out there and so you could go reach down pick up a car and lift it up and drop it (laughs) it was so satisfying (laughs) yeah it was really cool it was really awesome. And they were. it was cool because we were talking to them ahead of time because we were waiting in line. And so the people, a bunch of people have worked on it over the years, and it's kind of evolved. I think it's been around for like 10 years or something. And so it's kind of changed, and, you know, they fix stuff that's broken. Yeah, it's so, probably forever needs to be fixed. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but they were giving us the, like, this is the best way to get a hold of a car. And so they were like, you know, put your your palm down. <laughs> lay the palm down on it then wrap your thumb into it then wrap your fingers into it and you can kind of crunch it and get it locked in there and then you can pick <laughs> yeah. it up and so it was so bizarre to be in this chair and trying to remember like okay this is how a robot would pick up a car <laughs> and try to remember the process to get you know and also it was really interesting and as I, I assume this is just a condition of of the how they had to make it but like, because it's not mounted at where the shoulder would be, imagine if you have your elbow planted on a table and you can't turn your elbow. It's only, it's placed in one direction. You can only turn your wrist and then you try to pick something up off the table. So it wasn't like you had a, an entire arm to move. It was like you were cut down to moving half of your arm, you know. Yeah. And so it's like, it's like a crane with a hand on the end too. That's, that's basically what it's yeah. like. So you can pivot down off the elbow, pick it up and then pick it up and then. Yeah. And you can, crunch. you can turn the wrist a little bit, but it was also locked at kind of 90 degrees off axis. So your hand was, I don't even know how to explain this for somebody that's not looking, but basically if your hand is flat vertically, the hand that you're you can controlling. You do a karate chop on the ground. Yeah. But but you couldn't turn your hand in one direction. You could turn it in the other. So the hand that we were controlling was kind of 90 degrees off axis from what you were doing. So it took a little bit of thinking to mechanically, you know, get the thing that you were trying to mm. accomplish. But it was super cool. 
so much fun and just pretty awesome to like look at how it was made and how beefy and just how much steel there was and it it was really really cool so um other than that there was a bunch of like we saw the Wazer people with the water jet that was really cool um there were some new 3d printers released uh prusa joseph prusa put out a an sla printer so it's a really high detail yeah. resin i think i think this thing. is the year i get into 3d printing hmm. oh yeah I was talking to, yeah, do you know Chuck Hellebuck? He's a 3D yeah, printer yeah. On, on YouTube and Instagram. I was talking to Chuck, and I asked him to help me uh, consult with getting a good printer. You know, what would be a good one for me to play with? And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely want to start playing around with it. Have what do you think ideas. you'd use it for? We may have talked about that before, but what do you think you'd use it for? Um, I mean, I, initially, I mean, I can certainly, there's there's a, a crew of guys out there from uh, a university. I wish I could remember exactly which one. They're doing 3D printed printing plates. So I hmm. could certainly do some 3D printed printing plates. Um, they have a certain texture to them so that you would know what it is. But also I wanted to experiment with that. And I also wanted to experiment with making parts. Like if I design a knife or design something in fusion and then 3D print it in in uh, in line to eventually machine it. So mm-hmm. I've, I've helped some guys de- develop some s- displays and some other products and they send me like a knife and they send me the knife, it's 3D printed. They're like, oh, ultimately it will be made in beautiful polished aluminum and steel, but it's a 3D printed knife and it's basically just for size and shape. So that really started triggering me like, oh, oh wow, this could be a means to an end. It doesn't necessarily have to be the end. And that's what right. really started getting my, my gears going on 3D printing. So that's cool. something like that. Yeah. And yeah, uh, think, my favorite could, thing at, at the whole Make Affair, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was Stand just saying, for that, that type of stuff, I could see it being really useful for you to, if you want to see how something's going to look, to let that machine go do its work while you go do something else that yeah. only Duresta can do, right? And then you can go back and pick up the prototype and be like, oh, yeah, well, now I see it, you know. Anyway, yep, that was absolutely. It. My favorite thing at the whole Make Affair was Kermit riding his bicycle around the whole fair. <laughs> <laughs> did you That's see him awesome. yeah <laughs> that was kermit it basically someone took a kermit puppet kermit the frog and kind of zip tied his butt to a seat of a tricycle and the tricycle had this little box in the back which obviously was the electronics and the mechanics but it's very unobtrusive and there was a little tiny solenoid which steered it which was just kind of zip tied to the frame you hardly even noticed that his hands were on the handlebars his feet were on the pedals and it was a little tricycle for what would have been probably a two or three year old oh yeah and he was just riding around the whole time with a big smile on his face. So it looked like Kermit was riding around the market the whole time. And I met the guy. Uh, he was in the, the crowd, so you never saw him controlling it. I, I didn't see him until like the end of the day, first day. And then I saw him a couple times during the second day. And I, I filmed him, of course. He's going to be in the vlog. And uh, we talked for a minute. And he's, he's in a makerspace up here near me in Saugerties. So we're going to hang out. So I, I just thought it was such a, it was, it was a, the perfect thing for Make Affair because it's like a, a little bit of like Burning Man-esque, a little bit of San Francisco kind of hipster, cool machining and, and just for kids, you know? So it was, it was just so funny. It like totally fit the bill for a Make Affair project. And it was everywhere. Every time yeah. in the background, it was like Kermit's riding his bicycle through the scene. Yeah. I, stuff like that is so cool because it's not, and there's there's all sorts of different things at Maker Fair, right? Like products to like schools. There's all sorts of things, and then little things like that that are just. It's like a cool little project that's just wandering yeah. around. It serves it's no texture. purpose. It's yeah, exactly. It's texture. Yeah, and he had, so he, cool. had he had he uh, had riser blocks on the pedals, which was just another little silly joke. Like Kermit's oh, feet yeah. were too short, <laughs> so he had little like alphabet riser blocks on the pedals. It was really yeah. cute. It was very cool. 
Um, they had the DIY creator content creator stage, uh, like they did in Bay Area, and I think that's turning into be a really cool thing. I hope it's cool for Make for Maker Fair, you know, yeah. to continue to do that. But I think for our community, yeah, it's been it's been really good to give everybody a platform, a specific place to go, a specific place to meet up and hang out, and um, yeah, it was really really good, and I hope that continues to evolve and and be a part of the fairs going forward. I think it will because it seems to be a good draw, but yeah, it was crowded. It was crowded the whole time. I, yeah. the one thing that bothers me the most about every make affair is like, they'll put the DIY stage right next to the trumpet players, right next to the yeah. guy that has the Moog synthesizer, right next to the guy that has the cymbal <laughs> machine, right next to the guy that has like the bass drum robot. Does yeah. anybody think about this? Like we're trying to talk and like, there's like a, there's literally like a jazz band, like eight feet away from the stage. Yeah, they were roaming through a couple of times, yeah. I mean, the moving stuff I can kind of understand, but th- actually right across the way, there was a, some sort of performance art something. I don't know what it was. But oh, they yeah, like very, the acrobatic, yeah, the acrobatic yeah. girls? Yeah. Very, very loud speakers <laughs> talking and musicking and, all, you know, like while we were doing our thing. And I think they were on a schedule, so maybe... Maybe I don't know how they would do it if they were doing a, if they could put like like folding baffles to at least contain some of the sound and bounce some of the sound away. Hmm. You know what I mean? If it yeah. was a windy day, that might be difficult to to manage, but something because it, it it almost it throws me out of it too. I'm sitting up there trying to talk and trying to have a moment. I'm like, I don't even know who's listening to me if you can even hear me because I know if I was sitting in that audience, I couldn't hear a thing. Yeah. People were yeah. obviously engaged for the most part, but if you're like right there, dead center, like you know, kind of at the apex of the two speakers, you could hear. But the minute that you're outside of that triangulation, you're fighting with, uh, you know, carnival barkers just outside your reach. So I don't know. Yeah. That would be my big complaint. But whatever. Who am I? No one cares. About <laughs> so we did. Um, you and I and several other people did a, a talk about sponsorship um, mm-hmm. on that stage, and then I did one on my own. You did one on your own. Did you do anything mm-hmm. else? I did, uh, I did Ask a Maker with Sophie Wong and uh, uh, a guy named Matt from the uh, a makerspace in uh, Rhode Island. And we did Ask a Maker. And people in the audience were just sending up cards. That was fun. It was small. It was on the frontier stage over by the bottom of the rockets. Oh, cool. So I, I think I did four things. It was cool. Nice. Yeah. I moderated uh, Evan and Caitlin, and that was fun. It sounded like I was moderating like between a married couple, like I was going up to <laughs> like like be the person in between them to settle a, an argument or something. It was kind of a strange wording, but anyway, that that was really cool. It's fun to see them interact with audience because they're they're fun. I spent a lot of time with them actually too. Um, they're coming yeah, up to my we'll house see. in a couple months, and we're going to work on a couple of projects together. Oh, right on. I don't cool. We I don't know uh, this isn't known publicly and I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it and I'm looking forward to them coming up. We have some really good ideas I think that are they're going it's going to be fun for sure. Sweet. We talked a lot at their talk about collaborations and just how they, you know, why they do it, how they do it and how they keep up the stamina because it's a lot of traveling and stuff like that. So that's cool. Looking forward to that. Um, let's see. What else at Maker Fair? Anything? Anything else? Stand out? Mm. Um, 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 
The rock. Oh, you know what I got a chance to really check out, which is always intriguing, and I always like. Oh, I always forget how cool that is. The robot battles. Mm. The, did you see the robot? I don't know what is that called. Ro what is that that TV show called? Battlebots. Battlebots. There was a couple of the actual battlebots there. So me and Derek went over and we were checking them out and asking the kids some detailed questions. But the couple of the BattleBots that are on the TV show were actually there and you get to see how beat up they really are. And there's like cut marks in them and there's like literally like destroyed cracked parts that are next to it. Like, oh, this has happened in this fight. And and it's funny to to see the different strategies. There's a, a, I don't remember the names of any of these things, but one guy's thing is this, this blade that flips down and cuts. And another guy's thing is, is this like flipper thing, like, it goes under the thing and flips it. Mm. <clears throat> and uh, they were both there. So just looking at those things was pretty cool and just seeing what goes into it and how serious they really take it. Yeah. Just like just like uh, the big giant monster trucks, these things each have their own character, their own personality. And and once they lock into that identity, they stay in that identity, like whatever these names are called. And you, know, you might be looking at like the fourth version of that particular character, but these robots become characters and they stay in that character. And it's great to see, you know, these young kids and, you know, they can become celebrities in, in that in that arena by just being amazing roboticists. And it's great. Yeah, it's super Makes cool. me want, I said, to, I said to Derek when we were walking around, I said, this is the year I have to make a robot that does something. <laughs> I don't know what it's gonna do, but I have to make a robot. So I, I that was actually, I, I should have said this earlier, but I wasn't really, it wasn't on my top of my tongue, but that's, I'm going to come away from Maker Fair this year with wanting to make a robot before next Maker Fair. Somehow, some way. Even if it's just a, a robot arm, kind of like the man, hand of man, I yeah. want to make some sort of robot mechanism. Even if it's just wow. a hydro. And I was talking with uh, Chris Zep, Zep uh, from Make Everything Shop. Maybe you get a log splitter, so you just end up with like a hydraulic actuator. So I'm going to start looking maybe for an old log splitter and then maybe make some sort of like mini hand of, I'm just going to make like finger pinches that just crunch stuff. So it's going to be like, I'll make the whole mechanical <laughs> hand, but like I'm, I'm balling my, my three fingers up and like the side of my two pincher fingers. So that's going to be my thing. It's going to be like the zit popper, the mega zit popper, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> going to be popping zits. So well, I might, so do, might do something like that. In the next year, you're going to start 3D printing and you're going to make a robot. So you've I'm changed. totally nerding out. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just downloading my episodes of Star Trek right now. <laughs> See? <laughs> and War Stars is my next thing. I'm going to get into War the whole stars. series of War Stars. And Dark oh, I mean, Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Dark Wars. Vader. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Cool. Well, I will hold you to both of those things, 3D printing no, and robots. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, a, I'm like fast becoming the old man on YouTube, so I have to kind of like do youthful things. So people are like, oh, that's Jimmy. He's a 50-year-old boy. Prank videos. That's how you stay oh, young, yeah, apparently. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to stop pranking Taylor. You watch <laughs> it kill me on camera. <laughs> Well, we've talked a lot about Makerver, David. I didn't mean to leave you out of it. You got anything, <clears throat> excuse me, anything else, any observations from the outside or any other topics around that or anything? Uh, it, it looked fun. Um, what was Paul Jackman working on? I saw him power carving something and there was like these repeated oh, yeah. lines, but I couldn't figure out what it was. It was supposed to be like a sandy dune with a footprint in it because it was a combination of Carolina shoe uh -huh. and Arbitech. They kind of partnered up on a booth and they, because Jackman works for both of them and, you know, they don't overlap, you know, as far as marketing goes. So they collabed together with, with Jackman on that. Oh, that's super cool. Did he get to finish yeah, it? Yeah, it was cool. 
No, it's funny because Jackman's like he kept going to me. He's like, I can't, I can't stop talking to people. I was like, this is the, oh, yeah. this is the, the, the problem with trying to do a, a live build because I've done a million of them with the with the with the whiskey guys. You try to do a live build and people want to talk to you and you want to talk to them because that's what you're there to talk. But you also have to try and finish this project, so you end up doing like a half-hearted attempt at the project. And so I think next year Jackman's just going to bring his stuff and just show it off and not have to make anything. Oh yeah, and then I yeah, also he's he's growing quickly. I saw um, Wilbur Pan was showing uh, traditional Japanese joinery techniques. Did you guys get to see? Yes, that? yeah. And I talked to him for a couple minutes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that that was he real was cool. Right I've, I've never seen that at a maker fair before. He said he was the only one ever to show woodworking. <laughs> it's, it's really fun. Yeah. That might be true. And he said, "I said he, he said the kids were coming up, and they were he, he was he was impressed with the amount of interest he got." That's good. Yeah, and he was right outside the the content creator stage. He was right in front of it, so it was a good spot. To, like there was a good pass through there um, for people. I when I was at the Atlanta Maker Fair, there um, this is several years ago, but there were some woodworkers there who were doing hand tool and power tool work like you know at a booth so he's not the only one hmm. but it is, i wish there were more of that like at the san francisco or the bay area one was there a place for crafters selling their their stuff yeah there's always kind of a, a handmade area yeah. where people sell stuff and, and in new york it's right when you come in the gates like one of the first things you see it's on the left and uh we always walk through there there's always a guy in new york and i wish i knew his name he makes um, T-shirts and posters, and they all these like vintage-looking robots. Do you have one of them? Um, we know. Uh, last year, I bought shirts for all of my kids with these robots on them because they're super cool. They're really simple, um, but the, they're not screen prints. It's some sort of like a vinyl transfer or something. Shoot. Um, but, if it's who I'm thinking of, I have a couple of his prints. Um, but I don't. And I also have one of his T-shirts, but I can't remember his name. Go on, I'll look yeah. it up. Yeah, and it, it, he's really cool. And I always go by and see the artwork and stuff that he has. Um, I didn't get anything from him this year, but anyway, we walked through that whole section, and there were a lot of really cool, uh, you know, things for sale over there. There was a, a a group, and I wish I had their name, but I don't. I have their card somewhere. They were doing screen printed posters of. Um, Mostly in New England, but they had these big posters that were hand printed of states with like all of the the interesting stuff about the state kind of built into the artwork. And so it was a really dense piece of art, but you could see at a distance that it was the state. But the closer you got to it, you saw all these like tiny icons and all of this text that explained, you know, what's great about Vermont or what's great about whatever. And uh, they were really, really cool. And. I wanted to get one, and they were pretty big too, and I wanted to get one, and I started asking about like, well, what states do you have? And basically they're in, they may have been in Vermont, but they're somewhere in New England. And he said, we've just kind of finished with New England, and now we're starting to spread out and, you know, add states further south and further west. So um, maybe I'll, I'll try to find the link to them and put it in the show notes, but it very, very cool artwork. And they also had some, uh, David, I think you really would have liked these. They were... Uh, they were these posters that were super minimalist and they described a certain thing. So like one of them was, it had ocean really big across the top. And then it was like these bands of color that were the different depths of the ocean. Oh. So you have like, I, I don't remember what the, all the words, but there's like the abyss and there's like the, the trench and the this and the that. And 
Um, they had one of those for the ocean, one for the earth that showed all the different layers of earth all the way to the core. Mm. They had one of, um, I can't remember what the other ones, there were like four of them, but they were really cool. And they were, I believe they were all hand printed. They were really, really nice, but nice. So was the, was the one guy, was his booth called urban octopus? No, no. Okay. No, no, it was, it was some, some robot. It was like vintage robot something, something. Uh, All right. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Maker Faire is cool. If you have a chance to go to Maker Faire, you should. Oh, you know, I did get a chance to meet the guys at the Modern Forge. It's sort of a collective. It's a collective of uh, Jeff Fetter Knives and uh, John and Cliff, New York. I, 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 I'll give you guys the link to their Instagram stuff in the channel, in the notes. But those guys were, ZH Fab told me, Zach told me about these guys because he came and took a class with them. And they're all right here in the New York area. And he's like, you got to meet these guys. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll meet them. And of course, you know, I never followed through. And then they were all at the show. So I got a chance to connect with those guys. And they're all local. Some of them, one of them is up here and the one's in Manhattan and one's in New Jersey. So those guys are, were, were great. And they were a big draw at the Maker Fair. They had a big blacksmithing area. They had a lot of all of their tools, which seems like every single thing they owned was there because they had a ton of stuff. Grinder and they had a belt grinder and a bunch of anvils and a bunch of forges and a, and a hydraulic press. And then the guy next to them who was making the horse, whose name escapes me, I have his card somewhere, but great little metal section, metalworking section. And I think that was, they got a, if you go to make a fair and you're a presenter, the editors and all the various people in the, in the, uh, on the staff at Make a Fair will will leave ribbons at certain booths for the one thing that they like the most at the show. And I think they got the most ribbons. They were very proud of the fact that they got, you could see it on their Instagram. Yeah, they wow. got a bunch of ribbons. So that means that everybody was real excited about the inclusion of, of blacksmiths in the New York Make a Fair. There's always blacksmiths in San Francisco because they're all the guys that go to Burning Man, but yeah, you don't see it in New York. And so it was really nice to see that. Huh. That's cool. I saw where that area was, but I never made it over to actually see what they were doing or anything. I got in Friday night uh, to the, you know, the pre-party and, and I, I, I walked right up to them. So I got a chance to talk to them and say hi to them when nobody was there. Because Zach has been showing this, this uh, swage block that he's developing with Cliff. And when I walked up, I saw that before I saw anything. And I'm like, oh, you're the guy that's doing that thing with Zach. Because I've been looking on social media. And that was the introduction because I, I saw the, the tool before I saw anybody else that I would even think I knew. So it was, it was cool. It was, I'm glad we caught up. Sweet. Well, um, we got a pick for this week. You guys got anything? Oh, I do. Yesterday, it's funny. I was sitting with, with Derek the night before at the, uh, at the meetup. And Derek said, you got to follow this kid, Paul Pinto. He goes, I, he keeps telling me about it. My buddy, Derek, who, who came and stayed with me from Boston. said, Derek, we're sitting at the meetup. And Derek says, follow Paul Pinto. You got it. So I opened up my phone right there that night on Saturday night. And I followed him. And he had just made an anvil, a small anvil on his hydraulic press that he made himself. And he's only 18 years old. And he's an amazing craftsman. And he only has 2,000 subscribers. And everyone's like, why doesn't this kid have more subscribers? And the next day, which was yesterday... Derek goes, yo, come over here. I walk over. And there's the kid. And he gives me a hammer, an incredibly beautifully made blacksmith hammer. He goes, hey, I know you have in your class. I want you to have a hammer. I was like, did you make this because I liked and subscribed to you yesterday? He goes, no, I made it before you did that. That was just icing on the cake. So it was really kind of kismet that at the end of the day, after he made me a hammer, I subscribed to him and liked the, the, his most recent video. And we had no connection other than just spiritual. So 
It was very <laughs> cool. So I got a chance awesome. to meet him yesterday, and he brought a couple of hammers. He gave one to uh, Chad. I think Chad's going to raffle the one off for some to raise money for something. And uh, he gave Derek a hatchet because Derek has been one of his biggest advocates in recent months. And he gave one to me just because he likes me. So thank you, Paul. And go check out Paul's channel, Paul Pinto. Hmm. He's a local blacksmith. And I, I called him, he's on my Instagram. I called him the American Alex Steel because he's only 18 years old. Hmm. And he's very skillful for an 18 year old. So that's, it's like, he's kind of beyond his years, what he does, so. Sweet. Give him some love. I am picking Dean Handcrafted. It's a it's a smaller channel. He's only got five thousand seven hundred and ninety subscribers, but his stuff is absolutely beautiful. He's got a couple of really really good Fusion three hundred and sixty tutorials up on there, and um, I don't, he's got a a good definitely a good sense of design that that fits into the kind of stuff that I like. And so want to show him some love and get him some more subs. Right on. Um, oh, mine's playing by accident. So I get to hang out this weekend with uh, Daryl from the Broken Nerd. If you guys have ever seen him, yeah. um, super cool guy, and uh, I just I, he doesn't get enough attention for the amount of work that he does. He does a lot of three D modeling and three D printing, and then finishes these things in, into really, really finished props, and does a lot of uh, stuff for movies. You know, a lot of Marvel things, a lot of helmets he's doing some videos for tested these days um but he has his own channel where he has tons of stuff and he's just a super nice guy and does really really good work and i don't think enough people know about him he's got about seven thousand subscribers so um i want everybody to go check out daryl at the broken nerd because he's cool so there do that all right um well i want to thank our patreon supporters and I had a lot of conversations this weekend with people about, people were curious uh, how I mentioned, like we added the $1 tier to Patreon because I thought it was there and then it wasn't there and then a bunch of people switched to it and everything. We've gotten a lot of new patrons uh, because of adding that. And so I wanted to say welcome to everybody and thank you because it's awesome. You guys are helping out the show and we're really grateful. So thank you to, to the new people, uh, the people that have been around for a while, on Patreon, and especially our top supporters, Weisel, Dell, Evan, and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Michael Schubert, Chad from Mancrafting, Nick Ryan, Caleb Harris, and Make, Build, Modify. Um, so really grateful for every bit of support. Everybody that helps us out at any level, I can confidently say now, at any level, even a dollar, you get the after show, which is um, another little kind of extra time of us talking about secret stuff or just other stuff. And that's only for Patreon people. So go to patreon.com slash making it, sign up, help us out, get more us if you want to or don't. It's cool either way. Cool. Can I yeah. talk about one video that I got an email from this morning? Absolutely. Just, uh, one, of a, one of our fans sent me this video. He says, you'll really like this. This guy's got a quirky sense of humor. Yuri Touchman, you guys know him? Yuri Touchman, he makes a hammer. He's like the French cooking guy and, uh, and a metal. Which we got smith. to hang out with this week. Yeah, right. I forgot yeah. about it. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. He's always fun. Um, so check out Yuri Touchman. I'll, I'll send you the link for the video. He's a really quirk. He, he makes a hammer out of a chunk of steel and then engraves it. And the whole time he's using very simple tools that anybody could get their hands on. And he's obviously very skilled and very funny. And at the end, he sings a song about the hammer he made, which is super fun. <laughs> huh. Huh. 
I think okay. his little video is probably going to go viral because or right away in the comments, I'm seeing everybody we know is like commenting on it. So. Huh. Cool. All right. Well, you guys got anything else for this week? That's it. Merp. Okay. Cool. Thanks for All listening, right. everybody. Thank you. Later on. Love you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>